Good evening, everyone. So last night we had our, and all day yesterday and, and Friday night, we had our uh, spring marriage retreat, so for engaged couples. Really went well. Uh, please pray for them. Yeah. We had a, a lot of couples, I think, that were really challenged. Last night I, I gave the last talk. My talk was an hour and ten minutes. And then we had mass right afterwards. And... <clears throat> The mass, we, uh, one of our musicians came up to the retreat. We were in Boulder, and uh, after mass, she said, Father Brian, she said, that's the shortest homily I've ever seen you give. And it was. It was a really short homily last night, but I had just given it an hour and 10-minute talk. So if you ever get engaged, you might hear a short homily, but it's not tonight. Tonight, what I want to talk to you about and what I want to, I hope, fill you with a tremendous hope and anticipation uh, in regards to is that God finishes what he starts. God finishes what he starts. I don't know if you have things that it bugs you when people don't finish. I'm sure you do. Maybe you have other things that don't. Uh, on the marriage retreat, one of the couples that spoke, they said, you know, uh, the, the wife said, you know, my husband's so great. We have great routine, and he is so great at cleaning up after dinner, but for some reason, he will not clean countertops. He just won't do it. He'll do everything else. And I thought, yeah, I am just like that. I'm like, I don't know why, but I, I hate dishes in general, but I don't do countertops. And then my wheels were spinning, and I'm like, okay, the companions of Christ. Like, I love cooking. So the rule is, right, and you should all adopt this rule in your houses, if you cook, you don't clean, and vice versa. So I love cooking, and I'm amazingly now I'm one of the old guys. And these young chumps, I'm like, I don't love cleaning, but I know how to basically clean a kitchen, except for countertops. They never finish the job. And you can tell Father Sean I said so. They just don't. And I'm like, I, I will walk through the kitchen afterwards, and I'm like, you guys didn't even sweep the floor. There's something that can drive us nuts when things aren't completed. When we did one more example of this, when we remodeled the church, it looks so beautiful. But the last piece that, ever came, that came in was our altar. And we had our old altar in place until the new one was, was put together. And I bought a, a beautiful altar cloth to hide it, which is in the Adoration Chapel now. But it just didn't feel right. And the day that our altar was finally finished and put in place, and then the Archbishop Aquila came and he consecrated the altar... It was absolutely amazing. Tonight, brothers and sisters, what I want to invite you into is that God finishes what he starts. He finishes what he starts. 
And so tonight we have the, the story of Lazarus, and this is a critical moment. To understand tonight's gospel, you have to understand the structure of John's gospel. And if you don't understand where this falls within that structure, you miss what John is telling us, and you miss what, you miss what Jesus is up to. And so tonight we're in John chapter 11. And it took me years to come to this, but after years of study, there's a scholar who revealed this to me, and it is absolutely spectacular. And John's gospel has a symmetry to it. And so at the beginning of John's gospel, most people don't know this, John's gospel centers around two weeks. There is a week that John tells us about at the beginning of the gospel, and there is a week that you and I are approaching. It's called Holy Week. And there's a lot of, of symmetry between those two weeks, and it is very intentional. And those of us, right, who are Christians, we believe that that is not from John, but that's from God. And John's gospel begins, and what John wants us to see is that God created the world good. And so the very first line of John's gospel it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made, and without Him nothing was made that has been made. And with that language, John wants us to think of Genesis 1, where God created the world good. And there's all kinds of things we don't have time for tonight to go into with that. But here's something that I had missed for most of my life. In that first week of John's gospel, in John 1, chapter 1, verse 28, right when John's about to start going into, further into this week and counting days, he just makes this passing comment. So in chapter 1 of John's Gospel, we're told, this took place in Bethany, beyond the Jordan where John was baptizing. So to start off this week where the, the Gospel wants us to think about how God created the world good, and he did that in seven days. John just makes his passing comment, and he tells us that where we're at is Bethany, Beyond the Jordan. And I must have read that a thousand times in my life as a Christian. And I missed it. And somebody else had to reveal this to me. So later on, we didn't hear it tonight, but right before our gospel, two verses before our gospel started tonight, it says, Jesus went away again across the Jordan to the place where John first baptized. Bethany beyond the Jordan. And in tonight's gospel, it says, it begins, it says, Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany. I had always missed this, and it might be confusing just listening to this, but here's what it means. There's two Bethany's. The one beyond the Jordan is quite a ways from Jerusalem. 
This Bethany, I have been there, is less than two miles from the center of the city. And here's why this matters. Here's what the gospel wants to show us, brothers and sisters. The beginning of the gospel, John wants us to see that God created the world good. And that Jesus' mission starts in this place beyond the Jordan called Bethany. But the real thing, the real thing, the real completion of the world, the real place, the weak, where God will make all things new, starts in the same, in a town with the same name. It starts in a place called Bethany. And all through the gospel, what John wants us to see, Jesus in John's gospel performs six signs. And he goes all through his ministry. We've been hearing about him as we've marched through Lent. At Cana, he turns water into wine. Last week, we heard about how Jesus opens the eyes of a man who had been blind from birth. And there are six signs. And here's the simple message. It might sound like a lot. Here's the simple message for you tonight, brothers and sisters. In your life, God made you good. But if you're anything like me, you don't feel like it sometimes. There's a lot of unfinished work. And what tonight's gospel is reminding us of, and that this will launch Jesus because he raises Lazarus from the dead. And I would encourage you tonight, tomorrow, go read John 11 and 12. Tonight's miracle, tonight's sign where Jesus raises Lazarus is what sends him to the cross. Here's the point. John's gospel has two weeks. There's a week at the beginning that starts in Bethany, and there's a week at the end that also starts in Bethany. God does not leave unfinished what he starts. I was reminded tonight that the day I was ordained a priest, one of my good friends sent me a bunch of photos from our ordination this week. And I look like I'm like nine years old. I'm like, how did I look like that? It's crazy. But there's a picture where the, the photographer, you, you, when you're ordained, you go kneel before the bishop and you put your, your hands in between his hands. And you promise obedience to the bishop and his successors. And there's a photo of me that day. Again, I look like I'm nine years old. Modestus, you look older than I did. And I'm kneeling in, and I have the bishop has my hands in his. And at that moment, the bishop, after you make your promise of obedience, he says this to you. He says, may God, who has begun a good work in you, bring it to completion. May God, who has begun a good work in you, bring it to completion.
you're here tonight because God has begun a good work in you. If you are here tonight, you have the gift of faith, you have hope, and you have love. But Jesus goes to the cross to bring that work to completion. So many things in our life, we wonder if God hears us. Jesus, I still struggle in so many ways, and my life seems unfulfilled. God, where are you? We are getting close to Holy Week. Brothers and sisters, next Sunday is Palm Sunday. And during Lent, we've been on our way, we've been walking with Christ, we've been saying, God, I want... To, to grow in holiness. I want to overcome my imperfections and my sins. I want to grow in, in greater habits. But you can't complete that work. There's only one person who can. And I promise you he will. God does not leave good things unfinished. And even when we're weak, when we haven't lived up to our Lenten promises, brothers and sisters, Jesus is on his way to the cross, and he went there for you, that your redemption, your perfection, might not be incomplete. I want to leave you with one last thought tonight. In the Gospel reading, it says twice tonight that Jesus was perturbed. That word in Greek is used only four times in the New Testament. It's used twice in tonight's gospel. And the two times it's used is talking about how Jesus' heart and soul are deeply shaken by the death of Lazarus. Isn't it amazing to know that your sufferings can move the heart of God. Your sufferings can move the heart of God. A week from today will be a Palm Sunday. The Lord's love for you, his desire to see death cast out of this world, his desire to see sin conquered, his love for you, his care for your sufferings, set him into the weak that would redeem the world. What great hope tonight, brothers and sisters. God does not leave unfinished that which he starts. His last words on the cross it is finished. Jesus, may you complete every one of us.